Welcome, welcome everyone to AAA Sky. Today we're speaking with Yui Hasegawa, one of AAA's youngest members and the founder of AAA's Library Telescope Program. I'm Maggie Machinsky. And I'm Kat Troach. AAA Sky is produced by the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York, whose mission is to promote the study of astronomy and to emphasize its cultural and inspirational value. Find out more about AAA at AAA.org. Today we get to hear Yui discuss her astrophysics aspirations and her goal of having telescopes available to anyone in New York City, which is a pretty phenomenal feat. First, here's a word from our president, Brian Berg. Hello and welcome to the final edition of AAA Sky for this season. I am Brian Berg, the president of the Amateur Astronomers Association of New York. As always, I'm so glad to have you all here. As I just mentioned, this is the final edition of this season's podcast. We'll be back in the fall with more fantastic episodes. And before we get to this episode, I, as always, want to remind everyone, please go to AAA.org, our website. You can see everything that we offer from our lectures and our astrophotography meetups, and of course, our public observing events and everything else that we do. And one of those things that we do is we loan telescopes out to the public through the New York Public Library in Brooklyn. Now, how was this arranged? That is exactly what this episode is about because this episode features Yui Hasegawa. Yui is the young visionary who created this telescope loaner program for AAA, for the kids, for the adults, for everybody who has any sort of interest in astronomy or wants to make an interest or who wants to gain an interest in astronomy, who wants to discover the night sky, who wants to learn how to use a telescope, and of course do it in the most affordable way there is, which is free. That's right, free. How often do you hear that nowadays? So Yui spearheaded this program of getting telescopes in the hands of the New York Public Library to loan out to New Yorkers for free. You're going to hear how the movie Interstellar inspired Yui's interest in astronomy, time travel, and its impact on her life in this fascinating interview. I will also mention, by the way, Interstellar is a favorite of mine, really just a fantastic movie that somehow is able to take real science, combine it with some fiction, make an exciting movie, and hopefully inspired so many more people like Yui to take an interest in looking up and wondering and discovering what it is that's out there. So please come along with us in this fantastic podcast. And with that said, take it away. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this extra special episode as we close out our season. Today, I'll be sitting down with Yui Hasegawa. At just 17 years old, Yui had not only the vision, but took her vision of making telescopes available to the general public through the New York Public Library. So Yui, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, not only are you our first female guest of season two of the podcast, you're by far our youngest guest. So you are highly anticipated. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Yui, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in AAA to begin with, and um, your journey here, because you are native Japanese, is that correct? 
Yes, I was born in Japan, and I grew up in Asia, so I came here in the seventh grade, so I'm relatively new to the States. Yeah. Um, what's that transition been like for you? How the, the cultural differences, the language barriers, how's that, how's that experience been for you? Um, so I think kind of the migration to um, either Europe or America is something that's very much glorified in Asia. And so growing up, I grew up in Singapore. Um, I was born in Japan, but I grew up in Singapore. That was always kind of my dream um, to move to the United States because this is where all the opportunities are. And I moved here, and I think that's very much true. Um, the amount of resources um, firstly, from education, like the entire mindset towards education is um, is completely different. Um, I think it's much more um, based on growth and progress and individual um, achievement rather than um, some kind of standardized bar um, that is more often in Singapore. So that's 100% true. This is the land of opportunity. Um, on the other hand, moving here, I realized um, that narrative is also takes away a lot of the challenges um, of, of moving to a country, especially moving to the States. Um, it's not easy. Um, and you know, I'm I'm pretty. I'm. I think I'm very blessed to have a very nice family, and that that they can support me in a lot of ways. But even so, in terms of, um, I think the biggest difference for me was the way teenagers um, act and, and the things teenagers do. I think it's a lot more mature, um, but also a lot more immature in some senses. Um, and so I had to deal with that a lot. I'd had to deal with, you know, setting new boundaries or new. Um, parameters with my parents that like, <laughs> sure sure yeah <laughs> things to do and I think also in terms of studying it's a lot more um, independent and um, a lot more I need to know exactly what I'm doing or I'll be wasting my time and it's a lot less hand holding um, so I think those were the biggest challenges that I have and, and still trying to overcome okay so you came here from the seventh grade and then how did you get involved with the AAA? So um, I got I've been interested in um, astronomy like since I was very young but especially since um, I watched Interstellar um, and that was you know I watched it like so many times in great theater. movie yeah um, and I think so the, so the biggest thing was that in Interstellar it, it was a cool movie, but the most important part was I never, it really illustrated like time dilation for me, um, where the main character, well, Matt, the character Matthew McConaughey plays, comes back younger than his daughter. Um, and so my, my dad, he's, I think growing up, I've always realized my dad is a little bit older than most of the other dads. So I've always thought about like, you know, trying to get my dad to like live forever. And so after I watched that movie, that was my. It was like my biggest um, drive. Like I was gonna send my dad into space, and so when he came back, like he would still be relatively young, and that was always been my crazy dream. So that's how I got interested in astronomy. And so when I moved to New York, I was always looking for outlets to explore um, astronomy. I will say it's very difficult um, for high school. I, I thought it was pretty difficult for me as a high schooler to, or middle schooler to get involved in astronomy because it's not. Um, it's not too much taught in school. 
Um, and then one day, uh, I do music at Lincoln Center um, when I lived in New York. So I, I used to do music in Lincoln Center. And when I was walking home from my lesson, I saw there were two telescopes at Lincoln Center um, placed. And I was like, this is a dream come true. So I went up to them. I was like, what is this? What's going on here? And I realized it was actually um, an organization. So that's how I got involved. So the next day, I emailed asking to join and asking what I could do to help. Um, and then this is kind of when COVID started. So then um, the vice president, um, Mr. Fried, Bart, yeah, Bart, yep. he um, emailed me back, said, you know, we're actually in the middle of, of kind of revamping our organization and we have a lot of Zoom meetings going on and we would love for you to join. So that's how I got involved in, in a more active role in AAA. Well, good for you. It's definitely challenging. Uh, not only as a, a younger student, as you mentioned, but also when you live in a huge metropolis like New York City, there are definitely like-minded people that you can, you know, reach out to and hang out with, but your viewing opportunities are few and far between. There's not much to see from New York City. So um, that's an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that part. Very interesting take with the your idea behind Interstellar. I've never heard that from anyone else. So very interesting. So not only did you join AAA, you, in conjunction with the AAA and the New York Public Library, started an incredible program where people can, anyone, you don't have to be a part of the AAA, you can rent a telescope. So first tell us how this idea came about and then how the program came into fruition. So when I was buying my own telescope, um, I first noticed, like, why, like, you know, no wonder why it's so hard for high schools to get involved in astronomy because it's so expensive. And especially when you're trying to get a good telescope, it's just, it's so expensive. Um, and there's very few opportunities, like, there's very few grants or loans or, or um, opportunities for high schoolers to even access these. And for me, when I got mine, it was, like, two Christmas presents in one. Yeah. <laughs> A telescope. So um, then I was thinking about it, and uh, I was talking to a few other astronomy groups, and they had a more like local, like telescope loaning system from from their organization. And I thought, you know, like we live in New York, we should have something like this. Like we live in New York City, and I can't believe there's no accessible way to get a telescope. Um, so I first contacted the New York Public Library System, um, and I asked them about it. And it was during COVID, so it was a very difficult process. I'm sure. So then instead of, and so New York Public Library was like, it's during COVID, it's very tricky. Um, so then um, I kind of just worked on the project alone with, with my um, team from the marketing committee and also from the outreach committee, which was later formed. So I worked with my team and we began to test different models of telescopes. Um, we get to test different price budgets. Um, you know, if you have more expensive telescopes, we can have fewer. So are we going for better equipment and less accessibility or, or more equipment, but maybe not so powerful telescopes? And we, and we kind of found a sweet spot um, with the Celestron StarSense telescope that we chose because it was um, 
it was very beginner friendly, but also a very powerful telescope. So we thought, and it was portable. That was the other part. Um, so once we decided on that, um, it was more about co contacting Celestron to get good prices on the telescopes, making sure they were okay with this program. Um, and then I got a call from someone at Brooklyn Public Library System, um, and they were actually really, really willing to do this, like despite COVID, like they wanted something new. So that's how the first um, program started. Um, and I think the w so the way it works is that we would loan out, um, we gr loan these telescopes to the library system. And since the library system already has a very established way of loaning and borrowing things to the public, they would take care of that and of the things. Um, and I will say that like fi like figuring figuring out the legality of this was was pretty tricky. Um, you know what like what's the relationship between us and the library, and what's the relationship between the library and the public? And I wanted to put as little liability on the loaner. Like, like the, like the public as possible because that would defeat the purpose of the program. I didn't want them to bear with having to pay for the replacement of the telescope. Um, so that was quite tricky to figure out. But once we got that sorted out, you know, the program just kind of set off. Um, and with a very, very generous donation, um, in the beginning we were able to buy 10 telescopes and that's how we started. That's incredible. And I just want to say, you know, the insight that you have just as a, a young high school student and these points you keep mentioning, you know, the the legal issues associated with it, the um, equipment choices, you know, just how you brought up, do we want fewer telescopes, better quality, you know, just these things that you had the foresight to think about is, is pretty incredible as a high school student. So um, thank you for that, because this is an incredible program. So once you got all this, who, who were the people involved in this who you could say really, really helped bring this to fruition? Um, so definitely without um, the help of um, Bart, I would, you know, I would never have been able to go this far. Everything was um, through his support and especially I think um, I'm always trying to follow in his footsteps um, of his ambition and his passion that he has for the organization. Um, and also, um, when during my time, um, I'm no longer on the committee, but when I was in the marketing committee, um, I worked really closely with um, Naomi and I worked really closely with John, um, John Bills, and we would all um, work to get, you know, this idea out um, to as many people as possible. And Naomi really helped me. She was the chair of the marketing committee, so she really helped me to um, help more people know about my project by presenting to the public. Um, so really huge thank you to, to um, Bart, Naomi, and John. And then um, for my longtime um, member of, and I think co-chair, he's the co-chair of the outreach committee with me, is Harris Scher. And um, we've been together since the outreach, uh, since the marketing committee, and then we went to the outreach committee, but he's been through every single step um, of, of this of this project, um, especially, um, you know, like when, when I talk about it now, it's it's like a big idea overlook on the project, but there's so many little details to figure out. Very overwhelming at times, like emailing back and forth, so many Zoom meetings with the libraries. Um, I will say because it's the public library system, so they have very, they're very nitpicky um, yeah. stuff. So, you know, um, all that stuff I wouldn't have been able to do without um, the help of Harris. 
And and then, so I attend boarding school. So when I left New York to go to boarding school this year, um, my telescopes were still at home. So That's sad. <laughs> I want to thank my mom for being able to get, because I was storing all the telescopes at my house, so I want to thank my mom and Harris and Bart for being able to transport the telescopes in the end to the battery system. That was a whole deal, too. Um, and definitely also the team at Brooklyn Public Library System as well, um, especially um, Jennifer Gelman at Brooklyn Public Library System. She was the one who reached out and was really, um, really wanted to get this program started. If there are people out there thinking about, you know, starting programs similar to yours, or just, you know, in general, what's your best piece of advice you could offer someone who's, you know, trying to kick off a program similar to this? Okay. Um, I think I'll talk mainly about starting a program as a teenager because I think it's it's very different starting as a teenager. Um, sure. As a teenager, I, I will say um, it was difficult at first because adults sometimes are <laughs> they're more wise, but because they're more wise and have more experience, they're more I think rigid, and not everything has to be that way. I think teenagers have the gift of a very um, we have a naive but. Um, we can. We have a, a passion, and we have um, a lot of drive, and sometimes that's the drive that's necessary. So believe in yourself if you if you think you know this should be done. Um, like your gut says that for a reason. So believe in yourself. You don't have to bow down to the rigid rules of society. I will say, I, I was faced with you know some opposition about like you know what, how are you even going to do this program? But you know here I am, and it worked. So believe in yourself. Um, Second of all, um, don't, you know, once I presented this idea to the committee at first, I, I threw it out there and I realized it's not going to get done if you don't fight for your own idea. Like it's, you can't just throw it out there and someone's not, nobody's going to pick it up for you. Like you have to do it yourself. Even if someone else does it for you, it's not going to be the same thing that you envision. So um, you should, you know, you have to fight for what you believe in yourself and you have to do everything. I'm um, not everything, but you, you need to you need to be the primary driver of this project. And I think that takes a lot of hard work. Um, but I think the process doesn't end with figuring out an idea. The process ends with actually bringing the idea to fruition. So you have to fight for your own idea. Um, and also, I think, um, don't... I, we shouldn't fixate on, on the big thing. Like A lot of ideas are beautiful on the big scale, but there are many tiny, ugly parts to it. Um, and they can be overwhelming, but they don't have to be. But we just have to work through them part by part. And not a single small part can be missing, or the big part isn't going to come true. So I think that's the three main things I learned when I was starting my project. I think those are all really good and good points to bring up. Um, you know, anytime that you're trying to start something new, you're going to, you're going to encounter challenges that you never foresaw, right? You never saw these challenges coming and you're not sure how to deal with them. So, you know, I just want to say to you, the fact that not only did you come up with this idea, but you made it a successful program is, is pretty incredible. Um, that coupled with the fact that you're only a teenager. And I don't say that in any condescending way. It's, it's incredible. Yoy. Thank you. So where do you see the, this program that you started um, going in the future? Do you have any plans for expansion or, you know, improvements? Um, is it just as you want it to be now? 
Um, you know, I want to expand this as much as I can. Um, right now it's the pilot program. Um, so once we finish the pilot program, which is um, going to be three to four months more, then we'll finish the pilot program. Um, I'll, I'll we'll have surveys. Um, we'll have more talks with the library, thinking about how we can improve it. Um, and once we kind of you know, make th those adjustments based on how small or big they may be. Um, then I'm thinking about um, fundraising um, so that we can ex buy a lot more telescopes and then expand this program. Um, so I want to expand this program to Queen's Public Library as well um, and, and have them... So right now they're only offered in, like, the central library systems, but I want to have them available, you know, in, in more branches. Sure. So accessible like the main part of this is accessibility so trying to make this more accessible um definitely also trying to get this um into you know the it doesn't just have to be in new york city it can be a little in new york state as well because our organization foresees that as well um also definitely testing out different telescopes always trying to find more newer better telescopes um, so those are, I think, the main fundraising expansion and, and trying different telescopes are the main um, missions of this project. Let's talk a little bit more about you now, Yui. You are only in high school. So what are your plans for, are, tell, are you a junior? Are you a senior in high school? I'm a junior in high school. Okay, so you still have another year. Do you have any college plans? Are you going to be studying astronomy? What do you foresee for yourself post high school? Um, definitely, my dream is to be um, an astrophysicist. So, um, <laughs> okay, casual. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I'm thinking about the astrophysics program um, when I think about like the colleges that I would love to be able to have the opportunity to get, to attend. Um, I will say, when I came here in seventh grade, I lived in New York, and now I go to boarding school in Massachusetts, um, and so very much always like um, in the New England part of the state. So it'd be nice if I could go to college um, somewhere with better weather so I can be more motivated to, to step out at night to see, <laughs> to do some observing when it's not freezing. But I don't mind it. I think there's a kind of special spirit to like <laughs> freezing like in the middle of the night looking at the telescope in my winter coat. I think that's an aesthetic too. But um, I, I will say sometimes I think about going to college in a little warmer place. Um, and then in terms of yeah, I after college, I know for sure I want to, you know, work at NASA. That would be my dream, or work at SpaceX or any other, um, con any other company that's involved in, in this in the space industry. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate as far as uh, what you brought up in terms of weather because. Yeah, I don't like to freeze either, but there's something to be said for, um, you know, I, I focus more on the astrophotography side of astronomy when you're out there, you know, bundled up in 10 layers and you're freezing, but you get the shot. It's pretty rewarding. At the same time, I, I, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, um, I did relocate to Arizona three months ago. So uh, that's been nice so far. You know, a light jacket at night and you can stay out all night is definitely better than having to pack on 10 layers. So uh, I see the pros and cons of both sides. Yeah. 
Okay, Yui, for our very last question, uh, it's kind of a fun one. This is something we ask every guest that sits down with us. What is your favorite New York City? So this can be a place, a restaurant, a museum. Um, you know, when you're back in New York City, what's your favorite part? What's my favorite New York City? Hmm. Well, I think, um, okay. Um, I think the spirit of New York City is my favorite New York City, and it's something I, I miss dearly um, after coming to Massachusetts. Like, I, Boston, it's like new, this part is great, but like this New York City spirit, I think even with, like for example, this astronomy um, organization, the fact that, you know, just randomly at the heart of New York City, there are people like pointing their telescopes at the sky, despite all the light pollution and, and whatnot, and being like, you know, we need to do what we love, um, I think symbolizes the New York City spirit for me. Or for me, at least. Um, you know, it was after my music lesson, and music is something I'm very passionate about, too. And, and the fact that I was then I able to, like, see this this um, telescope, um, this astronomy organization, and, and all my passions kind of coming together in, in, like, a single spot is very New York City spirit of me. So I miss the spirit of um, people having these dreams and passions and despite the chaos of the city and their lives they're able to you know do it and they're able to find people who love it as well I think that's I think that's the New York City that I've always wanted to move to and that's the New York City that I saw and that's the New York City I miss so that is I think my favorite New York City I, I love that answer because I can r relate to that as well. You know, I, it was my choice to move to Arizona, and I know that I'll always miss New York, and those are the parts of New York I do miss. So, yeah. Um, that's all I have for you today, Yui. Thank you again so much for sitting down with us. As I said, um, your interview is highly anticipated. Um, again, just incredible insight from you and um, an incredible program that you as a high school teenager kicked off. You should be incredibly proud of yourself because we are proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maggie, that was a great interview and a big thanks to you for sitting down with us. I have to be honest, at that age, I was not as motivated as she is, but she's a powerhouse. Our house is a great term to describe her. I mean, she's doing a lot more than, you know, a, adults accomplish that and, and aspire to be and, and do. I mean, she's mature beyond her years. She's eloquent in the way she speaks, the topics that she speaks about. Um, you know, the fact that she's 17 years old, she just kind of blows you away. 100%. And I cannot agree with her more. When she brings up the portability aspect and making sure that this was affordable in that it was free to borrow from a library, a lot of these programs, um, they come off as cost prohibitive for a lot of folks. And the great thing about the library system in this country is that you can borrow items for multiple weeks at a time with no cost. Um, or very little cost. And now we can do that with telescopes. And I think that that's such an incredible, an incredible move on her part to have the foresight to link us with the public library system here in New York City. And now to after the pilot program is finished to branch out into other central branches and then eventually branch out into smaller branches. 
Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. The fact that she had the foresight to do that is awesome. And the thought of her expanding her program, hopefully nationwide, and, and you know, who knows what else she accomplished accomplishes in her life as she's so young. It's really exciting. And I'm excited to see where her program goes. And I'm excited that, you know, we rub elbows with her and, and be involved with her and that she's part of AAA. And let's also not lose sight of the fact that uh, this is our first all ladies episode. That's pretty exciting. Thanks you know, to I didn't Yui even for, realize that. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Sisters doing it for themselves. Hell yeah. The one thing that I also enjoyed, um, she mentioned the New York City spirit and, you know, having that moment of, you know, she's she's very involved in music Um, for a little while. I know she was studying at Juilliard and coming outside of Lincoln Center to see telescopes and her, you know, her love, her already existing love of astronomy, um, where she kind of didn't know where to put that because astronomy programs in New York city schools are very limited. Um, it's just not something that's taught. It's kind of a footnote. It's not its own subject, but to come outside of Lincoln center where she's already doing something she loves to run into something else that she's doing, you know, that she wants to do that. She loves it's kismet. It, it, it really is. It really is the essence of something that is just so New York and so, you know, just so amazing. And I love that. I just love that. It was just like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I, I went from something great to something, you know, even better or amazing. And I, I would love to see if maybe she would be able to marry those two loves in some way, shape or form. I don't know how yet, but I would love to see if maybe there was some sort of way that she could put those, those hands together and come up with some sort of astronomy, you know, uh, an astronomy symposium or a, an astronomy symphony of her own um, someday, maybe. I, I, all I know is that when I grow up, I want to be like Yui. I think we all do. And, and, and to your point, I think that if anyone could accomplish what you just spoke about, it's Yui and she's going to make it great. And it's going to be something that's, you know, no one's ever thought of previously. I, I have, you know, I don't doubt that. I also couldn't agree more that that truly is part of the culture of New York. I mean, there are very few people that are one dimensional. We see it all the time in AAA, you know, we've got music producers who are astronomers. We've got engineers, which is kind of likely, but we've got uh, photographers, we've got doctors, lawyers, you know, New York City truly is multidimensional. Um, I think that's in every aspect of the city, from the people to the buildings to the you know, transportation, everything. It's what makes New York great. 100%. I cannot agree with you more. You know, I think it's also maybe worth mentioning um, on a little personal note here. Uh, before the interview started, Kat and I were chatting about the interview. And, um, you know, Yui mentioned that she got into astronomy because of her dad and Father's Day is just around the corner and Pat lost her dad two years ago. I lost my dad. It will be a year ago in July. And so that resonated with both of us. And we had a little moment before the that, podcast that started. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> definitely hit uh, a little close to home. Um, yeah. I, I, that, that, uh, oh, excuse me, that inspiration that she developed just from watching Interstellar and how it kind of led into astronomy is 
absolutely nuts, but it hits on so many different levels just for me personally, being involved in amateur astronomy for a decade and, you know, just losing my dad two years ago um, that, uh, yeah, really hit home. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me personally, my dad was always the one who encouraged sciences and encouraged curiosity and, you know, to be, you know, question things and, you know, get involved in things and, and, and think outside the box. And so I, I attribute not necessarily just astronomy, just, you know, hobbies and interests in general. I attribute that to my dad. And so, um, yeah, I guess with that being said, happy early Father's Day to all our, our dad listeners out there. Absolutely. And now it's time to announce the winner of our AAA Sky Listener Challenge. All right, all right, all right. In our last episode for the Listener Challenge, we asked you, every 10 years, NASA engages a committee of scientists who put together a list of programs called the Decadal Survey, which they collectively recommend NASA should focus on. What was the number one priority recommended to NASA over the next 10 years? How do our listeners do, Kat? Our listeners had a blast with this one, admittedly, since the celestial object is the butt of many, many jokes. The answer we were looking for is Uranus or Uranus, depending on how goofy you're feeling that day. And while we had many, many entries and many and many correct answers, this month's winner is Kate Knipe. Congratulations, Kate. We will be contacting you with your preferred size for your AAA sky hoodie. Awesome. Congrats, Kate. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this wraps up season two of AAA Sky. Uh, we truly want to thank Yui uh, for just being incredible and, and sitting down with us and um, sharing all of her insight. And also all of our previous guests for sitting in with us. We will return in the fall with new episodes. Um, if you would like to listen to past episodes of AAA Sky, please visit our website, aaasky.nyc, for our full catalog, or you can catch up wherever your podcasts are found. And if you want to contact us at AAA Sky, email us at aaasky, that's all one word, at aaa.org. And if you're not a member, stop by AAA.org, aaa.org, to learn more about the AAA and how you can become part of it. You can use the code AAA Sky 22 to get a 15% discount on your first year membership fees. Or you can visit us at one of our many sidewalk astronomy events. The AAA has events all over New York City and you can join us anytime. Visit aaa.org slash calendar to find the closest stargazing event near you. Yeah, and with that, um, I personally just want to say uh, thank you to all of our guests and our listeners. This was obviously my first season. Um, I am by no means an expert or, uh, you know, great podcast host, but thank you for listening in and hopefully it sparked some curiosity and encouraged you to get out there and, you know, look up, um, join astronomy clubs. Um, and thank you, Kat. Thank you as well. Um, this is also my first time podcasting and, I can't, I, I can't thank you all enough for welcoming me 
um, because I joined the podcast team a little late, but definitely thank you so much. I've had a blast working with you all and I can't wait to get together with you all in the fall. Yep. And as Kat mentioned, uh, this will be the last episode of the season. We will be um, up and running again in the fall uh, just to give everyone a little summer break. That's our show from all of us here at AAA Sky Podcast. May your skies always be clear. AAA Sky audio editing and original music by Preston Staley. Our technical producer is Parker Bossier.